Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee on this happy St. Patrick's Day. Mm. Yay. <laughs> and it's not Irish coffee, alas, because uh, I work to do, right? But today is Wednesday, March 17th. So, uh, yeah, doing a special Wednesday episode for St. Patrick's Day, mostly to show off my um, my Irish jewelry. Yes, I know you guys will be shocked to hear this, but I am Irish by extraction. A lot of Scott, um, Irish and Scott together. I come from the, uh, the McGee's and the uh, Murray's, the Stewart's. The Lennons. There's a smattering of Dutch in there, a smattering of French, but really it's um, all Irish and Scott. So I have a few things to show you today. The earrings are, um, I love these earrings. And, and these are earrings I love that almost no one ever comments on, but they're very pretty little Celtic knots, um, diamond shape with a cloisonne green background and then a Celtic knot with uh, the, the, the three Celtic knot and uh, the, a little bit of inlay of a hint of turquoise in the middle. I bought these in Scotland, um, Northern Scotland, I think, as I recall, um, not Edinburgh, but I always forget the name of the town we were in. It was sort of like between Edinburgh and um, Inverness. It's like, at, oh, Aviemore. It was Aviemore. I also am wearing this um, pendant, which I won't take off because this uh, chain is difficult for me to clasp with my long nails, but it is a little vertical rectangle with... Um, Celtic knots on it. I think I got that in high school sometime. When I was in Ireland, I did not end up buying earrings. But I did buy a charm for my charm bracelet. So I'm wearing that today for you. And you could see that it is another uh, three-point Celtic knot with a little bit of, oh, that really freaks out the, oh, you know what? The sun's coming up behind me. That's why the uh, Light's getting so bright there. I thought it was my, I was freaking out the camera. I think I was a little bit because now it's better. It's funny to watch um, the the cameras try to adjust for our proximity and the changing light behind me. But anyway, here, I'll get a little bit closer. It's funny how this camera focuses. But anyway, yeah, a little tri-point knot with um, an inlay of, little white stones. I spent a long time trying to decide if I wanted green or clear, and I finally went with clear. So, I mean, it's not a lot of Celtic jewelry, but I am wearing the green today, and I moved my little shamrock next to me. My mom and my aunt and I always have a live shamrock. Well, actually, maybe not my mom. I think my mom's kind of moved away from having living plants altogether. She always complains that my grandmother's uh, green, th green thumb skipped a generation and that I got it and that she did not. But when I was growing up, she had all kinds of houseplants. So I think she got tired of watering them. 
don't know. Do you have any houseplants now, Mom? I think you don't. And you probably don't have a shamrock. Maybe I should send you a shamrock. So, um, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> Uh, it is different for me doing uh, the podcast on Wednesday, although I did it last week. I'm feeling much better, of course. Um, Sorceress Queen and the Pirate Rogue is coming along well. It's I'm I've officially passed the Act Two climax. Woohoo! So I'm at um, sixty. I'm all at almost sixty-eight thousand words. So um, I did get my three thousand again yesterday, although it was a push day. Um, it my first couple of hours went very slow, and so I ended up doing a fourth hour. But then I got that. By the first three hours, I had um, like 2,100 and something. And by then, I w was definitely um, ramped up. And so uh, Dorinda kept working with me, and I got my remaining like 837 words in the next 36 minutes. Didn't take me a full hour. I'm hot in this sweater. I'm going to take it off. It's, um, we got a nice snow overnight. Uh, I took some pictures of it. We got a decent amount of snow and, but now it's, um, it's right on the verge of freezing. So as the sun comes up, it'll all just like melt away but it's surprisingly warm. Um, yeah, I mean, my outdoor thermometer says it's 45 degrees out, which is a lie. That's because the sun's on it. But um, sun is coming in my office window. Isn't that lovely? Spring is coming. So anyway, uh, looking good to finish Sorceress Queen on time. Um cross our fingers. I shouldn't get too cocky, but at least this is, um, I'm, I'm past all of the, the stupid adventure part. <laughs> now I get to do the, the romance and sex part. So that's always good. Uh, one thing I've been doing though, since yesterday was I thought I had better reread Heart's Blood, which is a novella I wrote of quite a long, long time ago. Um, I think it was 2016, which feels forever ago now. And I wrote it because I wanted to do a goose girl retelling. And I, it was for a, a group anthology. The first one I ever did, at least a, like a self-published one of, you know, like I did, I had essays and anthologies before, you know, like in my previous life as a nonfiction writer, but this was different, right? So this was, um, I'm looking for it on my shelf because I can't remember. It's called like Dark Secrets and it was a paranormal noir anthology. Oh, there it is. Um, I should show it to you guys. Let's see. So here it is. Dark Secrets, paranormal noir anthology, which, um, is you can't get it anymore. It's no longer extant as an anthology. So um, Mina Khan organized it, and and Rachel Kane was in it, the late late lovely Rachel Kane, and also Cynthia Eden, Megan Hart, and Suzanne Johnson, and myself. Um, 
there were things that we, mistakes we made on that. Um, one being that nobody knows what paranormal noir is, including the authors. <laughs> so there was really kind of a wide variety in the stories. Um, a lot of the stories were standalones and not connected to anyone's series. I don't know. There were lots of things. I learned a lot from doing that anthology. Um, I became friends with Megan Hart because of that anthology. Although we had vaguely known who the other was, um, Mina had asked me if I could, um, we had, Megan and I had a number of mutual friends We'd sort of like our Venn diagram kept edging closer and closer together. And so she had asked me if I would invite, uh, Megan to be in, in the anthology with us. So I think I asked Lauren Dane to provide an introduction a la Regency romance and, and then Megan and I became fast friends. And in fact, it is Megan's birthday somewhere right around now. Um, so happy birthday, Megan Hart. Uh, I did, um, already send her a little, a little birthday something. I don't know. Is it today? I'm, you know, I don't know exactly when it is. I just know it was about now. So anyway, uh, happy birthday, Megan. Uh, and so that was really when we became good friends and, uh, yeah, uh, I'd already been friends with Cynthia Eden. I think that's why I knew Mina Khan. None of that matters. Anyway, I wrote Heart's Blood, which took place in the 12 Kingdoms world, but it was not connected to the other books. Um, and it's interesting reading the novella now for the first time and probably since I proofread it. <laughs> um, there are there are things I would change. I mean, I know, isn't that always a thing? Um, and I'm glad I'm rereading it. And if you have read the golden Griffin and the bear Prince, you will have an inkling for why I felt like I needed to reread heart's blood. And otherwise it, it doesn't matter, <laughs> but yes, there are definitely, um, some paint me into the corner details in there that I'm trying to decide how much anyone is really going to care about. And I don't know for a toss up story like that. I, we made no money on the anthology, zero money on the anthology. As, as I recall, like almost nothing. Um, and as I said, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what not to do in, in organizing an anthology. And from that, uh, Megan and I went on to coordinate the devil's doorbell together. And since we're doing show and tell, I'll show you that one too. So here's the devil's doorbell. Isn't that pretty? So let's, let's just do a little side by side. Dark secrets versus the devil's doorbell. You could see some of the things I learned. Uh, but anyway, devil's doorbell was great. Megan and I did it with Anne Calhoun, M. O'Keefe, Christine Dabo, Megan Mulry, and Delphine Dryden. Uh, it's named because we were so amused by some of the, um, I don't know, ultra right wing Christian nutbag saying that the clitoris is the devil's doorbell. So 
So yeah, one of our um, taglines on it was ring that bell. <laughs> so anyway, you know, live and learn and that sort of thing. Uh, Heart's Blood. I still sell, you know, like a copy a day of Heart's Blood. So thank you all. You know, it's I know that's like all the people who want to read everything that takes place in the 12 kingdoms. And I know that that one's a, a little bit sideways. And there are certain people, um, <coughs> evergreen, <laughs> who will never forgive me for that story. Uh, it's good in some ways. That's That's been an interesting thing to revisit, much as I would like to um, change some things I've done. I was not as careful with language then, which is interesting to me. Uh, there are things that keep snagging my attention that I would like edit out now. So there, there we go. Um, so I'm trying to decide if I should say your name or not. I think it's fine. Um, one gal who's taking a class with me and has done some various things, getting information from me, uh, Janelle, hi Janelle, has been, she asked me a question about pantsing and I suggested that she go back and listen to my 2019 month O podcast that I did for NaNoWriMo where I was basically trying to teach people to pants their way through NaNoWriMo. And she sent me a comment this morning um, on one of my analogies about knife throwing. And she said that uh, it reminded her of a quote, and I don't think she gave the provenance of the quote, quote but basically that uh, success is going from failure to failure without stopping. I think that's what she said. Let me open that again. If I can. Do, do, do. Oh, there we go. It just took a while. And it's still taking a while. I closed Facebook Messenger so as to not. Um, oh, and I didn't even send my reply. Oh, I see it's still stuck in there. Never mind. So she said, sex, success is not sex. Success is going from failure to failure and not losing enthusiasm. And I think that's true. Um, and it's interesting that she's going through and listening to those podcasts because now I'm thinking maybe I will go in and um, transcribe them and maybe try to write them up. Let's see if I can actually um, put together something coherent on um, on how to write with outlining, you know, without outlining, without outlining, two outs in a row there. Um, and, and I saw just on Instagram this morning, so I think the universe is giving me messages, you know how I am that way, uh, that someone had put out a book on um, how to outline a book in three days. That you can actually read the title in exactly that cadence. <laughs> You know, and, and I've seen other people comment on it. They're like, you know, why are there so many books on outlining? And it's because, well, you can actually teach outlining. And, and I have another person that I'm doing author coaching for and helping him write his novel. And one thing that he does is um, whenever he gets stuck in the book, he goes back to his outline and he starts compulsively outlining. And Dorinda does something of the same thing. And I'm, trying to get both of them to stop doing that because it actually slows them down 
it I think it becomes a displacement activity, frankly. And I know there are people who love, love, love their outlining, but I think that outlining can really become a way of pretending to yourself that you're writing when you're not actually writing. Because what's our motto? Only writing counts as writing. Um, outlining is not writing. It's preparing to write. And so you can kind of assuage your own guilt by saying, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm writing. <laughs> I'm working on the book. And it's like, well, you may be working on the book, but you're not actually writing. And it's not the same thing. Um, but I think one thing about arts of all kinds is that it's very difficult to teach people how to, how to create, how to, um, allow that flow to come out. Whereas you can teach someone how to outline. So I am, I'm working on this idea of how can I teach people without like sitting with them and saying, don't you dare go back to your outline, which is what I do with Dorinda and this other guy, <laughs> which they actually do appreciate. I, I, I always feel kind of like, and uh, they're like, no, I know, I know. It's like, just write through it. Just write through the stuck place. Don't, it's not the outline. It's, it, that's not the problem. You just sometimes have to work for it. Sometimes you have to carve out a little pound of flesh and, you know, make the sacrifice, make the sacrifice to, to get to the thing, to get to the, the flow. You know, there's so many metaphors and stories for this, you know, like the search for the fountain of youth and, you know, all of the quest stories for the Holy Grail and all of this kind of thing. You know, you, you have to give something up in order to reach this, um, the unattainable. And then usually like Dorothy would be another, um, example in the Wizard of Oz, you find out that it was inside you all along, but you still have to make the sacrifice to get to it. Right. So, uh, I have to figure out if there's a way for me to coherently teach this and come up with a good title. Cause I want a title that's like, doesn't say anything about pantsing. Um, it's like accessing your creative subconscious and fuck the outlines. <laughs> I think that would be a good title. Don't you? We'll have to see what Grace thinks, you know, so she has the, um, the titler, the master titler. So um, that's all I'm going to say for today. I'm going to go get to work. Uh, oh, I was going to talk more about Ireland, but I don't think I will. Um, you know, because we did go to Ireland. I wanted to say last summer, but it was a year ago summer, right? And it was in 2019. And uh, there were things I liked about Ireland, but I didn't love Ireland the way I expected to. And I didn't end up podcasting from there the way that I had hoped I would. But you know, it was also a vacation, partly conference, partly vacation. Um, but I did love Scotland and I love my, my Scotland earrings that look Irish. So happy St. Patrick's Day to you all. May you uh, enjoy celebrating here uh, in the U.S., which I think is the only place that does it. I know that the Irish like to uh, remark on the fact that the Americans celebrate this holiday in a way that they don't. 
And I think, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with them. I think it has to do with the diaspora, uh, that they, the Irish descendants around the world are, St. Patrick's Day is a day to, to acknowledge the, the homeland that was lost, right? Um, so, of course, the Irish themselves don't really care because they're still there. So, you all have a lovely day. I'll remind you, first cup of coffee, which is now empty, uh, is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.